Section 1 of the Complete Works of Tacitus, edited by Thomas Gordon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Father Ziley, Detroit, Michigan. The Complete Works of Tacitus to which are prefixed political discourses upon that author. Edited and translated by Thomas Gordon, with introductory essays by Thomas Gordon. Volume 1. Discourse 1. Upon the former English translations of Tacitus. Section 1. Of the translation by Greenway and Sir H. Seville. I am going to offer to the public the translation of a work which, for wisdom and force, is in higher fame and consideration than almost any other that has yet appeared amongst men. A work often translated into many languages, seldom well into any, into ours worst of all. The first was done in Queen Elizabeth's reign, the Annals by one Greenway, and four books of the history by Sir Henry Seville, a man exceeding learned and esteemed for his critical notes upon Tacitus, as well as for those upon St. Chrysostom, of whose works he has published an elaborate edition. But though he was an able grammarian, and understood the antiquities in Tacitus, and his words, his translation is a mean performance. His style is stiff, spiritless, and obscure. He drops many of his author's ideas, preserves none of his turns, and starves his meaning even where he best conveys it. Tis a mere translation, that rather of one word into another than that of a dead tongue into a living, or of sense into sense. The Roman idiom is forced and wire-drawn into the English, a task altogether impossible, and not adopted and naturalized, a thing possible enough. And out of a book profuse in eloquence, fine spirit and images, he has drawn a work harsh, halting, and barren. Ogilby is not more unlike Virgil. Greenway is still worse than Seville. He had none of his learning. He had all his faults and more. The former has at least performed like a schoolmaster, the latter like a schoolboy. Section 2 of the English Translation by Several Hands about a hundred years after them, another English translation was undertaken by several hands, Mr. Dryden and others. Dryden has translated the first book, but done it almost literally from Mr. Amelot de la Housse, with so much haste and little exactness, that besides his many mistakes he has introduced several gallicisms. He follows the French author servilely, and writes French-English, rather than trust him out of his eye. It is true, La Housset is an honest translator, and one of the foremost. He has gone as far as the thirteenth annal inclusive, but his phrases are often weak and trifling, and he is subject to all that faintness and circumlocution for which the French tongue is noted. Dryden copies his manner as well as his meaning. It was pure hurry and want of application, for he was a fine writer, had a copious imagination, a good ear, and a flowing style. Strike away all that is bad in his works, enough will remain to show him a great poet, a man of parts, and a master of language. 
even his many enemies and opposers, show the considerableness of the man. But his excellencies in many things excuse not his faults in others. His translation of Tacitus is poor and languid, nowhere derived from the original, generally full of mistakes. At best, it is only the French translator ill-translated or ill-imitated. Section 3 of the last translation of the first annal. Tacitus, talking of the latter end of Augustus, his reign, says, Domi res tranquilli, eadem magistratum vocabula. These are two sentences independent of each other, yet Mr. Dryden translates, quotes open, All things at Rome being in a settled peace, the magistrates still retain their former names, quotes closed as if the one was all the cause of the other. This blunder is owing to La Jusue ill-understood. Tout et toi tranquille à la Rome, les magistrats avoient les mêmes noms. If instead of avoient he had said ayant, the translation would have come pretty near the French. But the English translator does not seem to understand French, though he has no other guide else how could he so miserably mistake pars multo maxima imminentis dominos variis rumoribus deserebant, as to render it, quotes open, the greater part employed their time in various discourses of future matters, quotes closed. From this it is plain he never looked into the original, or understood it not. He was misled by the French, which he appears here to have as little understood, La plus par les paissons affaires divers usgements des crequis alloins devenus le matre. But more wretched still is what follows. Tacitus represents the Romans discoursing during the decline of Augustus concerning the next successors in view, Agrippa, Posthumus, and Tiberius, and makes them say of Livia the Empress, Acadera matrem muliebri impotentia serviendum feminae, etc. Quotes open, his mother of a violent and imperious nature, according to the sex themselves, subjected to the slavery of a woman. Quotes closed. This is jargon and nonsense, though the author seems to have followed the French. Qui tibere a un mer imperius in violent, selon la coutume du sexe à laquelle il faudra obéir en esclaves. Well may he be said to follow the French translator blindly, and less is the wonder that he adopts his gallicisms where he happens to understand them. When Drusus, the son of Tiberius, entered the camp of the seditious legions in Pannonia, and the mutinous soldiery were gathered round him, Tacitus makes a charming and strong description of their behavior, with the several vicissitudes of their passions, which shifted strangely according as they dreaded his person and authority, or recalled their grievances, and surveyed their own numbers and strength. And he concludes the whole, according to his custom, with a fine reflection. Ili quotiens oculos ad multitudinem retulerant, vocibus truculentis strepere rursum viso caesera trepidare, murmur incertum atrox clamor et repente quies deversis animorum motibus pavebant terabantque. 
This is all pretty well translated by La Jusue. I shall only quote the last clause or reflection. Par de mouvements tout différents, ils prenoient le pouvante en la donnuent. And this I quote only to show how impotently the English translator hangs by the French phrase and takes it literally. Quotes open. By their different motions, says he, they gave and took terror in their turns. Quotes closed. Is not this pithy and sounding? There are numbers of such instances both as to language and strength, insomuch that I have been sometimes tempted to think it not to be Dryden's, but I have many assurances of it being his. I take it for granted it was a job for the booksellers, carelessly performed by one who wanted no capacity, but only pains or encouragement to have done it much better, perhaps very well. Section 4 of the last translation of the second annal. The next annal is translated by another hand, less negligently, but with small taste and vigor, no resemblance of the original, where in every sentence almost there occur surprising images and turns which nowhere appear in the translation. Quotes open, "'Tis not the fire of Tacitus, but his embers quenched with English words cold and gothic, let any one read particularly the two speeches of Arminius and Maroboduus to their different armies just before they engaged, chapter 45 and 46, and he will find that between Tacitus and his translator there is just as much difference as between a living soul and a cold carcass. Yet the lifeless translation of this annal compared with that of the third by a different hand is an able performance. Section 5 of the last translation of the third annal. This translation is in truth wretched beyond belief. Tis below drollery, and a sort of middle between bad sense and good nonsense. Tacitus says of the arrival of the fleet, which brought Agrippina from Asia with her husband's funeral urn, and her children, now fatherless, classus palatim sucesit, Non alacri ut adsolet remigio sed cunctis ad tristiam compositis. Annals, Book 3, Chapter 1. Quotes open. The fleet, says the translator, came in, not rowing briskly as they used to do, but slowly and with sorrow in their countenances. Quotes closed. A translation worthy of one who could make Tacitus say elsewhere. Quotes open. Drusus left the city to inquire his fortune. Quotes closed. Would not one think that he went to some remote country to consult a cunning man? Or meant the translator to joke upon the religion and solemnities of the Romans? The words of Tacitus, which he thus perverts, or rather quite drops, are Drusus urbe egressus repetendis auspiciis. Quotes open. Drusus went without the gates to repeat the formality of the auspices. Quotes closed. Tacitus, at the end of his discourse upon laws, says, Caesar Augustus potentiae securus quae triumviratu userat abulevit dedique jura quis pace et principe uleremur, bracket, editor, acriera, bracket, closed, 
ex eo vincula inditi custodes et lege papia popea premiis inducti utsi etc sed altius penetrabant custodes skill ubemque et italiam et quod usquam civium corepurant multorumque excisi status et terror omnibus intentabatur nisi tiberius statuendo remedio etc now observe the source and elegance and truth with which this is rendered by the translator quotes open augustus caesar being settled in his authority he abolished those things he commanded in the triumvirate and gave new laws to be observed in time of peace and under a monarch and that they might be the better kept he appointed some to look after them quotes closed as if laws had been a flock of sheep quotes open the law papia popea provided etc but the informers went farther not only in the city but through all italy where any citizens were ruined many families and frightened them all to remedy which tiberius quotes closed etc a little farther tacitus says adversus animis acceptum quod filio claudii socer seianus destenaretur poluise nobilitatem familiae videbantur suspectumque iam nimiae spe seanum ultro extulise quotes open there were says the translator great discontents upon claudius son being to marry sejanus daughter as a disparagement to him bracket open to what him sejanus was the last named bracket closed quotes open but Sejanus, whose ambition was suspected, was much exalted upon it. Quotes closed. Tacitus discoursing of the revolt of Florus and Sacrovir, and representing the sentiments of the people upon that and other alarms, says, In crepabant Tiberium, quod in tanto rerum moto libellis accusatorum insumeret operam, an iulium sacrovirum, Maestatis crimine reum in senatu fore, extitise tandem virus qui cruentas epistolas armis cohiberent, miseram pacem vel bello bene multari, tanto impensius in securitatem compositus, neque loco, neque vultu mutato, sed ut solitum per illos dies egit altitudine animi an comparerat modica esse et vulgatis leviora hear how this is translated blaming quotes open tiberius for employing himself in reading informers accusations where there was so great commotions what said they have the senate found julius sacrovir guilty of treason some have had the courage to suppress by arms the bloody libels of a tyrant war is a good change for a miserable peace but he neither changed place nor countenance affecting to show he was not afraid either through courage or that he knew things to be less than they were reported Quotes closed. was ever good sense so vilely burlesqued were one to study to ridicule tacitus what more miserable stuff void of all sense and sound could one make him utter 
It puts me in mind of a notable compliment in an address from a learned society to the late king. Quotes open, We perceive that you are one that is not afraid that posterity should make mention of you. Quotes closed, or words of the like force and beauty. Neither have I picked out these passages invidiously as the worst. I have read the whole annal, and I know no part of it better done. Section 6 Of the last translation of the 4th, 5th, and 6th annal. The 4th, 5th, and 6th annals are done by another hand, and poorly done. In him you find little of the true meaning of Tacitus, of his spirit and manner nothing at all, but frequent deviations from his sense, and even from all sense. Tacitus, in the character of Sejanus, says, Into summa apiscendi libido, eusque causa modo largitio, et luxus saepius industria ac vigilantia, haud minus noxiae, quotiens prando regno figuntur. Who but the translator would have discovered that by these words Tacitus meant to declare that, quotes open, virtues are as dangerous as vices when they meet with a turbulent spirit aspiring to empire, quotes closed. Yet the translation of this passage is as just as that of many others. Sometimes he drops whole phrases and passages, such as he knows not what to make of, and oftener loses out of sight the meaning of others, however plain. Tacitus says, Ut series futuri in Agrippinam exitii in Ciperet Claudia pulcra sobrina eius postulatur accusante Domitio Afro. Is ricens praetura modicus dignationis et quoco facinore properus clarescere. Crimen impudicitiae adulterum funium, beneficia in principem et devotiones objectabat. Quotes open. To begin the ruin of Agrippina, bracket open, how insipid and defective, bracket closed, Domitius Affer, lately praetor, bracket open, not a word of modicus dignationis, bracket closed, and ready to engage in anything to gain himself credit, observe the force, bracket closed, accuses Claudia Pulcra of adultery with Furnius, bracket open, the words Sobrina Eus, which explain the rest, and the word Impudicitiae, one of the articles of the charge, are omitted, bracket closed, quotes open, and to have a design on the life of that prince with her charms and person. Quotes closed. What prince? Furnius was none. Tiberius has not been mentioned in several pages. It is nonsense. And, quotes open, a design on his life with her charms and person. Quotes closed. Multiplies the nonsense. What follows fares not much better. Agrippina semper atrox, tum et periculo propinquo acensa, Pergit ad Tiberium. Quotes open. Agrippina, always of a violent temper, but at present extremely enraged, runs immediately to Tiberius, etc. Quotes closed. He drops periculu propinquae 
as useless words. Tacitus says that amongst other reasons assigned why Tiberius retired from Rome, some allege the authority assumed by his mother, who, having persuaded Augustus, contrary to his inclinations, to postpone Germanicus and adopt Tiberius, did afterwards upbraid Tiberius with so signal a service, and even challenged the empire as her own. Idque Augusta exprobrabat reposcibat. Quotes open, the empress, says the translator, seemed to reproach him with that favor and requested it for her son. Quotes closed. What gibberish! She had but one son, and he had it. She forsooth reproached her son Tiberius for having given him the sovereignty, and from the same Tiberius claimed it for the same Tiberius. Sejanus, once when a cave fell in upon Tiberius and his company, covered the emperor with his own body. Maio ex eo, says Tacitus, quotes open, this admirable and undoubted fidelity, quotes closed, says the translator, which Tacitus never said nor meant. How miserably, too, does he translate ingentium bellorum cladem aquavit malum improvisum, eos initium simul et finis extitit, quotes open, happened a calamity in which we sustained as great a loss as in the greatest defeats, though it was all done in an instant, quotes closed. I will venture to say that this is as well done as any other part of all the three books. Section 7 of the last translation of the eleventh annal. The eleventh annal is translated by another gentleman, but not with another spirit. It is like the rest, full of feebleness and mistakes and low phrases. I shall here give some instances. The pleaders in a speech to the Emperor Claudius in defense of taking fees and in answer to Silius, who alleged against them the example of certain great orators of the former age who had never taken any, say, Facile Asinium et Messalam, Inter Antonium et Augustum Bellorum Primiis Refertos, etc. Chapter 7. Quotes open, Asinius and Messala, who feathered their nests well in the civil wars, twixt Antony, quotes closed, etc. This is the language of a chairman, but of a peace with the rest, such as a king's a-playing the good fellow, trumping up Arminius' title, being equipped with money, his reputation began to exert itself far and near. He saw but one poor snake, far more bloody than he ought to be, senators squabbling in the house, a silver mine which bled but a little. It was not come to that yet. Advice hurts not the guiltless. Men had recourse to impudence when their ill actions came to be discovered. Mothers were in the same predicament with them in that matter. Claudius, as he was easily angry, so he was easily pleased. Matrimony, the last comfort of those who give themselves to lewdness. Passadavits of her lewdness. The vast treasures given to Silius for his drudgery. Such cant, jargon, and ill-favored nonsense is called the translation of Tacitus. Section 8 of the last translation of the twelfth and thirteen annals. The two succeeding annals are Englished by another hand, and miserably Englished they are, rather worse than the former. T. 
"'Tis all wretched tittle-tattle, unmeaning and ill-bred, "'nor could any number of words thrown together at random, "'without thought or idea, be more shallow or vulgar, "'more destitute of ornament or sound, "'to pass by his top orators, knack of speaking, "'staving off a war any ways, he being rectine, "'the emperor himself their worthy, Yea, gentlemen and senators do make no other original to themselves but from thence, and the like gibberish which occurs in every sentence. I shall here transcribe a passage where he seems to aim at a meaning and to exceed himself. Quotes open. Quotes open. The power his mother had over him, quotes closed, Nero, dwindled away by degrees, and Nero fell in love with Acte, a freed woman, and made Otho and Claudius Seneca the confidants of his new amour, one of which, to wit, Otho, was of a consular family, but Seneca a son of one of Caesar's freedmen, who at first, without the mother's knowledge, and since, in spite of all she could do, worked himself by degrees into the prince's affections, by luxury and secret ways that nobody knew, which the best friends he had indulged him in, and were pleased to see him take up and content himself with that woman, a thing which did no body an injury, for he had the misfortune to dislike his wife Octavia, whether it be that we naturally slight what we can have, and eagerly pursue what is forbidden, of an illustrious family, and of an unspotted virtue, and, quotes open, "'Twas feared he might fall into a vein of debauching women of quality "'if he was checked in that intrigue. "'But Agrippina could not bear that a freedwoman should nose her, "'quotes closed, etc. "'That, quotes open, a freedwoman should beard her, "'quotes closed, says the old translation. "'How clear, how strong, and how just! "'This is in the thirteenth book. "'Take one or two samples more out of the twelfth. Quotes open, "'Twas enacted that if they, women, married to slaves, without their master's consent, they should remain such. Quotes closed. Bracket open. Who should? The women or the slaves? The former were none, and could not remain what they were not, and to say it of the latter is nonsense. Brackets closed. Quotes open. Maria Soranus, consul elect, moved that palace, whom Caesar said was the first, that brought it into the house, should have the praetorial honors and fifteen million sesterces, and that Scipio Cornelius might have the thanks of the house, for that being descended from the king of Arcadia, he forgot his birth and quality to serve the public, and was contented to be one of the prince's servants. Claudius assured them that Pallas, satisfied with the honor the senate had done him, would live as retiredly as he used to. In short, an act was made, quotes closed, etc. These two passages are as brightly translated as any in the two books, indeed beyond most passages. I shall quote one more. It is in the 13th Annal, chapter 26. It was importantly urged in the Senate that such freedmen, as by abusing their lords, had shown themselves unworthy of their liberty, should remain at the mercy of the said lords, and be subject to their former claims, nec de errant qui conserent, says Tacitus, sed consules relationem incipere non ausi ignaro principe, i.e., quotes open, 
there were senators too ready to have voted for such a decree, but the councils durst not propose it to the vote without acquainting the emperor. Quotes closed. Of all this matter, the translator understood not one word. He says, quotes open, Neither were there those wanting who could censure them, nec de errant qui censurent, but the consuls durst not, without the emperor's knowledge, determine the matter. Quotes closed. I cannot omit one polite phrase more out of this book. Sulius Senecam in Crepans says Tacitus, quotes open, he laid it in Seneca's dish, quotes closed, says the translator, chapter 42, quotes open, laying it in Seneca's dish, quotes closed, says the old translation. He indeed has stolen all he knew of Tacitus from the old translation, with all its blunders and stupidity, and improved both notably. Behold another specimen, quotes open, at Rome he cheated men of their legacies, and wronged the fatherless who were deluded by him. The words of Tacitus are, Romae testamenta et orbos velut indagine eius capi. Chapter 42 Section 9 of the last translation of the 14th, 15th, and 16th annals. A fresh hand has undertaken the three following annals, and by good fortune such a hand has preserved an eminent uniformity with the foregoing only he is somewhat more gross. Tacitus says it was reported that when Agrippina studied to draw Nero, her son, into an incestuous commerce with herself, Senecam contra muli erbres in lecebras subsidium a femina petivise, emesamque acten libertan. Quotes open, Seneca, says the translator, soon brought in Acte, Nero's beloved woman, to expel one whore with another. Quotes closed. When Agrippina had escaped the first attempt on her life, she dissembled, and seemed not to think it designed, nor to entertain any future apprehensions. Simulata securitate. Quotes open. Under the appearance of security, quotes closed, says the translator. But as Acheronia, one of her maids, had perished in that attempt, she ordered her will to be found, and all her effects to be sealed up. This she did, says Tacitus, without any dissimulation. Id tantum non per simulationem. Chapter 6. Quotes open. She takes all necessary care, says the translator, for the cure of her wound, the testament of Acheronia to be looked out, her coffers to be sealed up, and all things necessary to be done without the least dissimulation. Quotes closed. How nicely he understands the original, and how grammatical is his English. Here, however, there seems to be some meaning aimed at, and what follows, even that is wanting. Quotes open. The image of the villains who were stained with the guilt of this parricide still haunted him. Quotes closed. The words of the original are Observa ban turque maris ilius et litorum gravis ad spectus. Chapter 10. In truth, to expose the insipidness and nonsense of these annals were to transcribe them. In some places he is so gross that his words will not bear repeating, as particularly where one of Octavia's maids tells Tegelinus. Castoria esse muli ebria Octaviae quam os eius. 
His translation of this is abominable as well as ridiculous and false, and many such like instances there are in him. I beg leave to quote one short passage more out of this annal. When that lady was by the tyrant divorced and banished into Campania under a guard, inde crebri questus, says Tacitus, nec occulti per vulgam cui minor sapientia, et ex mediocritate fortuna, pauciora pericula sunt. Chapter 60. This is a fine reflection. Observe how execrably it is rendered. Quotes open, Upon the clamor of the people who have nothing to lose, are commonly fearless, not out of any love of or relenting at his severity. This was remitted. Quotes closed. The fifteenth annal alone is done just like the fourteenth. Wretchedly. Here follows a specimen. Corbulo and Cassenius Petus, commanded in the east, said neque corbulo ae muli patiens, says Tacitus, et petus qui satis ad gloriam erat si proximus aberetur despiciebat gesta, nibil caedis aut praedae unsurpatas nomine tenus urbium expugnationes dictitans sed tributa ac leges et pro umbra regis romanum ius victis imposturum chapter six the f misfortune was says the translator quotes open the one was impatient of a rival and the other could not endure a superior and petus who ought to have contented himself in being second to corbulo ever took pleasure to diminish the glory of his actions upbraiding him that his victory in taking of towns was imaginary, without conquest or plunder, that he would impose laws and demand contributions, introduce the Roman power in the place of their knights, and render them a mere shadow. Closed. He often seems to be without the least glimmering of Tacitus' meaning, or any meaning, and puts down a parcel of words at random. How clearly does he English! Provisis exemplis claudii nae agnumantina claudis. Quotes open. Resolving to follow the example of Numantian and the Claudine defeat, which practice they thought they might justify, since the Parthians were at this time more powerful than the Carthaginians or the Samnites. Quotes closed. Bracket open. Were they in truth? What a discovery is here. Bracket closed. Neque eandem vim santibus italico populo autuenis romani imperii aemulis. He goes on. They were now beginning to talk that the ancients were always commended for their address in suiting all things to the times, and securing a safe retreat when fortune should frown upon them. This is another discovery which he has made from these words, validam quoque et laudatam antiquatem quotiens fortuna contra darit saluti consuluise chapter thirteen that is quotes open these same venerable ancients so very stubborn and invincible and so much adored always consulted self-preservation as often as pressed by the assaults of a calamitous fortune quotes closed when petus had submitted to such shameful conditions from the parthians 
he, amongst the rest, made a bridge over the river Arsanius, and to hide his disgrace pretended it was to shorten his own march, when in truth it was done in obedience to the commands of the Parthians, as a monument of their superiority and conquest. Namque iis usi fuit nostri per diversum iera. Chapter 15. Quotes open. It being commodious to them, quoth the translator, and not in any manner to molest us, quotes closed, were ever two meanings more remote. He often adds words of his own to those of Tacitus, and often drops many more of the original, sometimes whole sentences. Tacitus says, there prevailed then a pestilent custom of making fraudulent adoptions, such as candidates for office as had no children of their own. And as soon as the election was over, they instantly dismissed such as they had occasionally adopted. This abuse raised a storm from such as were real parents, who, having applied to the Senate with warm representations against such fallacious dealings in others, and such injury done to themselves, add, Sibi promissa legum diu expectata, in ludibrium verti, quando quis sine solicitudine parens, sine loctu orbis longa patrum vota repente adaequeret. Chapter 19. All this is dropped by the translator, and the following jargon of his own inserted. They took children to quit them at their fancy in contempt of those laws, while they had a great many privileges for care or sorrow, the other with ease enjoyed the same. Quotes closed. I am afraid I have tired my reader, as I have done myself, with such a dull deduction of stupidities. I did not at first intend to say anything of the former translations. I took it for granted that every man who had seen them must have condemned them, and found them as pitiful and bad as they really are. But when, upon publishing my proposals, I found that some who by their titles and profession should be learned, others who by their high quality ought to have taste and elegance, had commended the former translation, and uttered their despair of seeing a better, I found it necessary to give some account of that performance, which I think to be as low, defective, and wretched as anything in print, neither language nor sense nor decency, and as much unlike Tacitus the historian as the meanest slave of Tacitus the consul was unlike his master. It is much worse than the old translation, which is exceeding bad. It is in my own defense, as well as in defense of Tacitus, that I have censured it, and against my inclination. It looks indeed as if the translators themselves had no opinion of it, since they have not, as is usual, said one word about it by way of preface. This is what Mr. Dryden particularly never used to omit doing. Why did he omit it now in the translation of a work of such name and weight? As far as the sixth annal, there is a translation, too, of La Jusue's notes, but done with great ignorance and errors. End of Discourse 1 Read by Father Ziley of Detroit, Michigan December 2007